The only work that we are saved of is that when Jesus got up on the cross and he shedded his precious blood, that's the only work that we are saved by. And so your goodness does not count toward God's grace. It's not because of how good you've been. It's not because of what you've done. It's not because of what you've participated in. It's because of His grace and His mercy. You see, we're not saved by works. My God, the only works that we are saved of is that when Jesus got up on the cross and He shedded His precious blood, that's the only work that we are saved by. And so your goodness does not count toward God's grace. Thank God that you have made a mindset to do good. But that's not what gets you into the kingdom, into your purpose. It is his grace and his mercy. And when you understand that, you'll begin to appropriate grace and mercy toward other folk. If you don't realize what you received, you can never give it out. And you will miss what God has done at Calvary. Be seated in his presence. We're going to conclude a series that we've been teaching from called Stick to It. Stick to it. We're going to conclude that today. And one of the foundational scriptures for that is Acts chapter 20. Glory to God. In verse 22. If you need a Bible, slip your hand up. The ushers are coming expediently. They will bring one to you so that you can follow along in the scripture. As I've said many times, only follow me as I follow Christ. Hallelujah. I'll begin reading for the sake of time. Acts chapter 20 and verse 22. And this is the Apostle Paul. He simply says this. And now behold, I go bound in the spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there. Save that the Holy Ghost witness in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. But none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. Now, Paul says that I go bound in the spirit. And when you're on your destiny, you're going to be tied up in some situations. You're going to be bound up and some liberties that you once had will be taken from you, but it won't be permanent. It's a temporary binding, but the binding is necessary because it is a proving process. So often we think that we're moving in God and yet I'm bound up. I must be missing him. No, you're not missing God. You're simply being constricted for a moment so that God can show full proof of your conviction, your ministry and your confession. And so God wants to see if you're serious about the journey that you have chose to depart unto. Because God is not mocked. So often we told God, yeah, God, I'm going to do it correctly this time. This time when I start again, I'm going to follow your word. 
This time, God, I'm going to keep my promise. I'm not going to go back on my word. I said I wasn't going to do it no more. I'm not going to do it. God says, all right, I'm going to let you go, but you're going to be bound up for a moment because I'm going to prove you because I have a history with you. I'm not going to keep you from your destiny, but there will be limitations starting out. And so sometimes we start out again in life and we start out with limitations. It's just like coming out of a bankruptcy. You see, you missed it, but we allow you to have another chance in the system. And so when you start out again this time, you have limitations. You don't have extensive credit and extensive boundaries how far you can go because you missed it before. And so there is a proving process. You're able to go on and go forward, but you're bound. And so don't think that you're out of the will of God because you are moving forward with restrictions. And so often the restrictions, they feel like a weight. Have you ever been in a place where you are carrying something? It's heavy. Nobody else don't even understand what you're going through. They don't know what's on your shoulders, but yet you're walking every day with a smile on your face. There is something that's heavy. It is on me, but yet I know I'm in the will of God. I'm doing the right things. I'm going in the right direction, but this thing is heavy. And what the enemy will do during that season, you're carrying something Heavy, he will make you doubt and question God's even existence. Now turn with me in your Bibles over to Kings. I want to show you something. First Kings, go back to the Old Testament. We're leaving an apostle and a prophet of God and we're going back to another. Go with me over to First Kings. First Kings chapter 19. First Kings chapter 19. I want to talk about the prophet Elijah. Because it parallels the topic that we're talking about, stick to it. You see, I want you to see, I don't care how much anointing you have. I don't care how long you've been in the kingdom. How many people you're going to lay hands on and they've recovered. How many songs you're going to song and how many midnight prayers you're going to make and how long you've been interceding that you're not immune to the weight. You're still going to need a word of encouragement so that you will stick to it. You see, 1 Kings chapter 19, we're going to begin reading about the prophet Elijah. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and with all how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. With the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that he arose and went for his life and came to Beersheba, which belonged to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. And came and sat down under a juniper tree. And he requested for himself that he might die. And said, it is enough. Now, O Lord, take away my life. For I am not better than my father's. Then skip down to verse 10. And he said, 
I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken thou covenant and thrown down thine altars and slain thy prophets with the sword, and I even, I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. And they seek my life to take it away. Have you ever thought you were doing the will of God? And after you've done what God had purposed in your heart, then arose a contrary wind or an enemy that desires to take you out because of your obedience. You see, your greatest test is always in the area of your appointment and your calling. And therefore, it slips up on some of us because we think that as soon as we start walking in the gospel, everything is going to be hunky-dory. But the scripture says that all that live godly shall endure persecution for my namesake. All that live godly to the exclusion of none. He says in Psalms 37, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord thy God delivereth him out of them all. So every now and then you got to remind yourself that you shall have many afflictions, though you are righteous. And so here is Elijah. And in verse 4, he, 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 he left and went into the land of Judah and, and, and told his uh, uh, protege, you just hang back here because I'm going to go throw myself a pity party. I'm going to throw myself a pity party. And so the Bible says that he went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree and requested for himself that he might die. Have you ever had a weight so heavy that you had to go in the back room and just sit down and just shake your head and just shed a few tears and just think about it? Lord, it don't even matter if I just die. Lord, this thing is so heavy. I've been carrying it for so long. It's been on my mind. I wake up with it and I go to bed with it and I try to read the scripture and I pray a little bit but after I come back it's still on me Lord I've been carrying it for a while Lord I came up out of the world I made some changes in my life Lord you see I don't go where I used to go I don't even talk the way I used to talk I don't even hang with the folk I used to hang with you know I gonna put away some of my old foolishness and my old nature, and I don't even fornicate no more. I even put down the bottle. I used to nip every now and then. I gun laid it down, and, and the drugs that I participated in, I put them away, and I've been trying to live according to your word, but when I made a decision to do what was pleasing in your sight, people rose up and they began to plot against me, to do harm to me, to tear me down, to ruin my name, to ruin my reputation. Lord, just when I thought I was doing good, Lord, they was against me when I was in the world, now that I'm in the kingdom and I'm doing what's right, look at what is happening to me. I'm in the back room and I feel like Elijah. Lord, will you just take my life? Have you ever been there? 
When people have disappointed you for so long and the pain has been for so long, have you ever had an ailment in your body for so long where it didn't even matter? Lord, if I leave and go on, it won't even matter. You see, you lose the ability to stick to it. And so this is not an average man. This is Elijah. The prophet who called down fire from heaven was a man of God. And the words that came from his mouth did not fall to the ground. And, 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 and yet this mighty man of valor had to go in a back room and say, Lord, you can just take my life now. This thing is so heavy on me now, Lord. I know you used me in the past, and I know I've done great works, and I know I turned my life around. Lord, I remember when you chose me and you called me and you took me out of some mess. Lord, I remember. But even though I've been walking with you, somehow this life has knocked the air out of me. And I think I feel like just going away and leaving the people that are important to me because I think I want to go through this all by myself because I don't think anybody else will understand because the only thing that they know about me is the great works that they see my hands do. They don't know what's going on in my heart. They don't know what's going on behind closed doors. All they see is when I'm walking, doing great exports. They see my giftings in the world and that's all they know. And if I tried to explain to them the hurt, the pain, and the disappointment, they wouldn't understand. So I think I'll just quit. So Lord, come and just take my life now. Take my life. He said, it is enough, O Lord, take my life, for I'm not better than my father's. You see, that's the biggest trick of the enemy after you've done something correct, after you realigned yourself, the enemy will go back and point and make you think you are a failure. You see, that's what the enemy does. You made all the changes. Yes, you've been praying. Yes, you've been singing. Yes, you've been worshiping. And you've been doing good works in the name of the Lord. But the enemy will try to highlight a few situations where you did not see the victory. You see, the enemy puts light there. He don't remind you of all the good that you've done. He reminds you of the failures that you thought you had. You see, because of the carnality that is in us, it's a form of arrogance that allow us to come to that point and that thinking. Because the enemy at that point makes us think it was us that was having the success in the first place. And therefore, when there is a failure, we think, see, it was you who had the failure. But it was never you ever having the victory. It was God that was working through you. You see, that's the trick of the enemy. It was never you. It was God. Tell your neighbor, you got to stick to it. And, and you see, in, in verse 10, it explains it clearly. And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant. You see, now this is the, this is the carnal part of Elijah. You see, God had been using him for so long that 
he began to think it was him. I want you to see something. That's how the enemy slips in. This is where the enemy slips in at. See, you can be operating so well for an extended period of time that all of a sudden the operation stops and then you have a failure. People leave, something happened, the business closed, then you think it's you. See, it never was you. And, and, and so Elijah goes on to begin to talk. And let me read it again. And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts. For the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant and thrown down thine altars and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I even, I only am, am left. And they seek my life to take it away. You see, he began to confess failure based on his ability. He began to confess failure based on his ability. Remember, it's not up to you. It is up to God. It is God that brought you out. It, was, it will be God that will take you through. And it will be God that will allow you to experience the victory. You have to be settled on that in the process. Because if you think it's you, you're going to have some failures. You're going to miss the mark. But it is not you. It is not your goodness. It is not uh, uh, your ability to read the word. It's not you. It is not you. Now, let's move over to verse 18. To verse 18. It says, yet, it says, yet I have left me 7,000 in Israel, all the knees which have not bowed unto Baal, and every mouth which have not kissed him. You see, God goes on to tell Elijah, look, your perspective is too small. What you can see is so limited, that's why you are so discouraged and want to quit. You don't really know what I'm doing. You don't know what I have left. You don't know what I've orchestrated. The only thing that you can see is what you are touching, but I am bigger than you. You see, if you limit your scope of vision to what you are touching and what you are seeing, of course you'll be discouraged. But God is bigger than who you are. There are things that are going on right now that you don't understand and you can't see. There are things that are moving towards you right now that's going to bless you. God has already ordered their steps and they're already marching toward you with things to be released into your life. Just because you can't see it does not mean that it's not on the way. God has already prepared some situations and some doors that are already open. You just have not arrived there yet. There is already some people that God is calling into relationship that's going to be your spouse. You just have not arrived there yet. And so stop throwing a pity party based on what you see and what you have experienced. God is greater. He's greater. The world is greater than what you experience. And there is more to life than going on right here in Riverdale, Georgia. There are some things going on on the West Coast and some things going on up north and in the Far East in China and the Far North in Russia and down under in Australia. God is moving everywhere. It's bigger. He's bigger than what you're experiencing. And so Elijah is having the pity party and wanting to quit and wanting to die based on what he's seen. Oh, my God. So many people will experience one thing that's negative, and they want to shriek and die. 
and, and, and they put God in a bottle. They made him so small. But God is greater than anything that you've ever experienced. Now, if Elijah can do it, don't you think you can do it? And, 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 and now go back to verse 11. I want you to see this. We're still in chapter 19, verse 11. Now, Eli, and he said, go forth and stand upon the mountain before the Lord. God had to check him. He had to put, put him back in check. He says, look, Elijah, go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind rent the mountains and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind, and after the wind an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire a still small voice. A still small voice. And so God came by in those other three elements on purpose. He knew exactly what he was doing. He sent Elijah up on the mountain, and the Bible says, and then he came by. Because Elijah's vision of who he was was too small. It was too small, and God will come to you when you're trying to quit. I got news for you today. He ain't going to let you quit. Now, you can go wall in the floor and throw a temper tantrum. He ain't going to let you quit. You can have a pity party and go read sad books. He's not going to let you quit. So God came by. He came by in the wind to the extent that pieces of the mountain began to fly off. Because Elijah had never seen God in that manner. And so even though he talked with him, he had not seen all the aspects of him. So he allowed Elijah to see the wind blow through the mountains to let him know. He said, look, Elijah, I can blow this mountain down if I want to, boy. And so, but when you're in despair, you will try to find God in every major thing. But the devil is in the details. You see, every time you're going through, you look for the big stuff trying to find God. But God is always in the details. He's in the small stuff. And so God showed himself to him in the wind, in the fire, and in the earthquake. He shook some things up. He blew some things up. And he burned some things up. And that's what God does before he comes back into your life after you have a pity party. He comes, all right, you don't know who I am. Let me send a mighty wind and I blow some things out of your life that you would not put away. And then I come with an earthquake and I just shake everything up. Everything that that's not attached, that's not godly, it has to fall out. Because you thought you were so holy, you thought you had arrived, you thought you had a prophetic voice, you thought you could heal and, and sing, you thought you had all of this, but there is still some junk left that has a little bit of doubt left in it because anything that's carnal is born of faith. And so he brings the earthquake and there's a shaking and some things have to fall off. And just when you think you drop everything and there is nothing left but God, here comes the fire. He heats it up and he lets the fire come and it burns up the chaff. And after he burns some things up and now you're standing there. Now you're ready for the next level. Because God, I want to work through all your mess. So he blows some things out. And you think it's the devil. And then he shakes some things loose. And you think it's the devil. And then he burns some things up. And you think it's the devil. 
See, it was the fire the last time, and you were sure it was the devil. But he burns up the chaff. And now, after all the mess have been moved, here he comes to speak in a small, still voice. That's why God does not speak to crowds. He speaks to individuals. He speaks to individuals. That's why he must be your God. Seek him while he is near, while he might be found. To him that have an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Now tell your neighbor, you can't quit now. Oh my God, you cannot quit now. Because when you're sticking to it, because when the still small voice comes, it brings you to a higher level in Christ. Every time you go down, he brings you up higher. You see, every time you go down, he brings you back better than before. And, and, and so it's just like being in an airplane. When you're going up, you experience turbulence because you move through contrary winds. And it's the contrary winds that gives you the lift. When a plane is flying off the runway, it don't fly off the runway with the wind. It finds out which direction the wind is coming, and the air traffic controllers will tell it to fly into the wind because when it lifts its nose, the wind pushes against the belly of it and gives it lift. And the pilot gives it thrust, and the wind gives it lift. And therefore, when a plane is taken off, it goes through what we call thrust and lift. And it goes up into the airways to arrive at a different level. And you cannot go up in life until you go into some contrary winds. And so you're going to have to fly into some things that are moving against you. And so it, 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 it proves the vessel. If the vessel is not solid, it'll begin to rattle. See, I fly frequently, and, and I've been on some planes that were not too stable, and when we flew into the contrary wind, some things started vibrating and, and, and shaking, and it created a little bit of turbulence, and what it does is it makes you very aware. You don't sit still during turbulence. I'm telling you, you own your P's and Q's when that plane is vibrating and, 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 and shaking, and you're in your full senses. But you're going to have to go through some turbulence to get to the next level. But once we break through the contrary winds, we then all of a sudden move into what we call a tailwind. And it pushes the plane along at ease. So it goes through seasons in your life. You go through the wind and then you sail. And it propels you. But it won't be long before you have to go a little higher. And there'll be a little bit more shaking. You're still on the plane. You're still headed to your direction. You're going to get there. God is still with you. But don't you quit. Don't you quit. Don't you quit. You see, going up, if you go up too rapidly, and if you're not in a what we call a, 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 a container where the air is monitored, where they have a proper oxygen mix, you'll experience what we call hypoxia. That's where oxygen does not reach out into your cells, into your tissue. And you become very weak and very faint. And people begin to hyperventilate because they cannot get enough oxygen out into their body. And so, therefore, when you're going up, you cannot rush your way into your destiny. 
You have to move at the proper time under the right conditions. I've seen people who try to move into a place before their time and they experience hypoxia and they run out of oxygen, they run out of air, they get tired and they get weak because they're out of place. So don't quit. You just go back to a level where you can breathe. In life, if you move too fast, God will bring you back. He will do what they call in the world downsize. Well, you have to loosen the load a little bit. You have to put some things off that cost a little bit too much for right now. You trim some things off. You downsize. He's not trying to kill you. He's trying to sustain you. So don't quit. Stick to it. Stick to it. Stick to it. Now, because God wants to do something that is very prophetic in your life. Very prophetic. Now, if you have your Bibles, go with me over to, over to Mark, the book of Mark, chapter 16. Mark chapter 16. Glory to God. Thank God for the Bible. Thank God for his word. You know, it amazes me in the world how they allow Bibles in prisons and not Bibles in the school. I can go into one of the state facilities and, and, and every inmate can have a Bible in his hand walking around. and in his, They don't mind you having the light when you're in captivity. See, the world is contrary to God. They don't want you to have the light while you're in liberty. Because if you have the light while you're experiencing liberty, you'll keep liberty. And yet they will allow you to come into the courts and put your hand on the Bible. You swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth on the whole Bible. And then walking up the steps, they don't want the Ten Commandments on the outside. The hypocrisy. Now. Remember, you existed, you existed before you came through the womb. You existed. The Bible says that we were with God from the beginning. We were with God from the beginning. That Jesus, the Lamb of God, who was slain before the foundations of the earth. And so our existence preceded conception. need to understand that. Your existence preceded conception. You see, conception was necessary to get you into the earth. Now, your purpose preceded your birth. Your purpose preceded your birth. God had a divine purpose before you were conceived into the earth. Your purpose was, your purpose was already established. Your gifting was already established. Now, the next thing, your assignment will precede your awareness. Your assignment has the ability to precede your awareness. And this is what the enemy will use at times to confuse you. You will have a divine assignment that God purposed before you were conceived. But because you are not aware of it, you are led astray. And then you operate and live beneath your means because you're not operating in the gift that God has placed in you. You see, so I have to understand, my assignment can precede my awareness. And so I need to be aware or wake up to understand what God has purposed in my heart so that I can stick to it. You see, somebody who understands their calling and their purpose, what they're doing, you can't make them doubt about the way. You can say negative things to them. They won't quit. You can't make Tiger Woods quit playing golf. He, he realized that's his calling. You know, if you're a great basketball player, they're not going to, you can't make people quit. You know, if, if you're great on Wall Street, a great business person, they can't make you quit. You can't make uh, uh, Donald Trump stop selling real estate. 
He realized that's his gifting. People can talk about him, do shows about him, make jokes about him, but he will not quit because he has come into an awareness of his gifting. I have watched great chefs operate and they had restaurants to close or, or cities to, uh, 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 to, to zone them out of the district. They didn't stop because they didn't stop cooking. They moved and went somewhere else and started cooking because they were aware of their gift. The only reason you keep hopping out of the frying pan into the skillet, you're not aware of your gift. And so your, uh, uh, your purpose will proceed sometimes. Your awareness. And so in order for me to stick to what God has called me to, I need to be aware of it. I need to become aware of it. I've told you, get around things that, 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 that ignites your spirit, that makes your baby jump. Get around people to see if this is my calling. Maybe you're in the wrong area or the wrong arena. Because if you're not where God has called you to be, as soon as it gets tough, you're going to quit. I've got to get to my calling. I have got to arrive at my calling. Now, let me give you something about purpose. See, purpose is what, it's what I do. It's, it, it, it's what I do, what God has called me to do. It's what I do with it. It's what I do with it. That's purpose. Now, vision is simply what I see. Vision is what I see or what I'm going to. So I need to understand purpose, the thing that I'm called to do. Then I need to understand vision is what I see. Now, because it brings me to the third element, mission. Mission. Mission is what I do to arrive there. That's my mission. It's the things that I do to arrive at my purpose. That is my mission. That's why when you go into a lobby of a company, they will have a mission statement. And they will be saying, these are the things that we do to accomplish our purpose. We treat everybody nice. We provide great service. We deliver a product that's on time with a good value. That's our mission. They have a mission statement. And so I ask you, what is your mission statement? Stop trying to run off in life and you don't know your mission statement. You keep wasting time. Grow up. Stop. Think about it. Mature. Look, say, Lord, I'm going to seek you till I understand. I'm too old for this foolishness. I'm tired of starting and stopping. I'm tired of going around in circles. I'm tired of hopping over here and hopping over here. Jumping, jumping in this correspondent course. Jumping over here trying to see will this work for me. See, can I do this? Well, I heard they do that well over there. I'm going to go over there and try it. I heard this is just a hot economy over here. I'm going to go over there and try it. It don't matter where you go or what you do. If you're not called to it, leave it alone. If you're called to it, you're going to be successful wherever you are. There is anointing and there is an attractive power that's tied up into your purpose and your mission. God gave it to you and it carries an anointing. And anointing is attractive. It draws to you everything that's necessary to be successful. i got to get to my purpose and get into my mission. My mission. Stop asking folk, what do you do? My God, you look in the mirror. Get with God. They didn't make you. They don't know. That's why you're still looking. They've been making suggestions over the years and none of them panned out. Glory to God. Now, there is a reason that you need to stick to it and understand vision, understand purpose, and understand mission. Because God wants ultimately to bring you to a place where the anointing comes up and on so that you can be used mightily by God. You see, you are in the heart and mind of God from the beginning. 
And God has a purpose for your life, and he has a purpose for what he's doing. Now, Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16. I'm going to begin reading at verse 14. I want you to catch this. Oh, we're going to get there. Glory to God. Now, the scripture says, afterward, this is Jesus, he appeared unto the eleven. Remember Judas? There was twelve, but Judas went out in the field and did what? He hung himself. That's right. And so there's only eleven. After he appeared unto the eleven, as they sat at meat and upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believe, believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believe, believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So then, after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and set on the right hand of God. That's why we call him our right-hand man. And they went forth and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them and conforming, co confirming the word with signs following. Amen. Amen. You see, there is a divine purpose that God has for your life. And so, now these were disciples. I want you to see something. These are disciples. Now, before Jesus went to the cross, he told them exactly what was going to happen to him. He says, he says, the Son of Man shall be delivered up. He says, I go and prepare a place for you. And he told them exactly what would happen. He told these very disciples. These were chosen individuals, mighty men of God. And he told them. But after Jesus did what he said he was going to do, they didn't believe him. You see, I wanted to pull out some folk to let you know you're not by yourself. I wanted you to see Elijah, a mighty man of God, yet he wanted to kill himself. Yet here is these 11 disciples who walk with Christ, and Christ told him everything that was going to happen to him. And then when Christ came back walking, they didn't believe it. You see, you can walk with Christ for a while and get a word from God and still don't believe it and miss your blessing. And so Christ had to come back again. And he came to them while they were eating and said, look, go ye into all the world. He put them back into their destiny. That's why you can't quit. Even when his own disciples tried to quit, he came back to them again. That's why God won't leave you alone. You can mess up and then try to do the same thing over here. It won't work over there either. You can try it over here. It won't work over there either. Because God will not leave you alone. You can doubt the process, but once he has chosen you, because the Bible says that you didn't choose him. He chose you and ordained you that you should bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. And so if he chose you for something, he won't let you go. His own disciples tried to set down on him. And here you are trying to set down on him because it's not working according to the plan that you had. God was simply trying to bring you back to divine purpose. 
divine purpose. You cannot quit right now. And so he came back to him and says, look, go ye into the world and do what I told you to do the first time. My word is still standing. I'm not going to come and change my mind and give you a second word because you don't agree with it, because you like the word that come from the world. God is not carnal. He is spiritual. And He will stand on His word. He's the same yesterday, today, tomorrow, and forevermore. And if you don't like what He said pertaining to your destiny, hang around another year, it's going to be the same thing. Because there is some giftings that's in you. He purposed in himself what you would be before you were conceived. God is not making it up as he go. He declared the end from the beginning. He already knows what you're going to turn out like and what you're going to accomplish. And he knows the place where you're going to be successful. And he knows who you're going to be successful with. He already knows. And so he's waiting on your little plans to die. Oh, he'll wait you out. Oh, you've been trying to make your plan work since you were 18 to 20. And now you're about 40 and you're still complaining. Oh, he'll wait you out. Oh, he'll let you turn 50 and you still be complaining. Oh, he'll wait you out. If you have to be like Abraham and wait and say, look, this promise is coming. Look, you can turn 100. This thing's Isaac's still coming. Oh, God will wait you out. And one day you will wake up and say prophetically, who can fight against God? Oh, he will wake you up. He will wake you up. And so you cannot sit down. Now, I I want you to see something. I said all of this to get over to this one scripture. Verse 19. So then, after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and set on the right hand of God. And they went forth. Somebody said went forth and preached Everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. With signs following. Now, what I want you to see, the last two sentences of this scripture, of verse 20, of the Testament of Mark, it says, the Lord working with them. Y'all say it out loud. Working with them. Say it like you mean it. Working with them. It didn't say they working on their own. See, that's what Elijah thought. That's why he felt like dying. You see, he thought it was up to him. He didn't understand the power until God showed it to him. You see, now it says working with them. It didn't say you sitting at home and God doing the work. It's not God working by himself. It's not you working by yourself. It says that he was working with them, working with them. Therefore, if you're not doing anything, God is not working with you. You're on your own. That's why it is so important that you rise up and get in your place, in your destiny, in your Gifting. The Bible says that he was working with them, not working on his own. Y'all disciples sit back home and I'm going to go out and do the work for y'all or I'm going to sit up on the throne and look, y'all go out and do what y'all need to do. No, they had to get up and go. 
That's why the blessings are with kinetic energy. It's not with static people that are sitting around talking to talk and not walking to walk. It's with people that are on the go. It's with people that are moving in the gospel. That's why you cannot come into the kingdom and work with the power of God while you're still sitting on the stool of do-nothing. Everything that comes into the house must become active. And when you become active, it gives God permission to work with you. This is not a non-participating gospel. When God brings you in, He sends you out. And then He works with you. So many people, they cannot get blessed. That's what the gospel says, that the poor you have with you always. He said, I didn't come for the needy. I didn't come for the needy. He said, I came for them that hunger and thirst after righteousness. And that's why God is not into the people just laying around. Doing anything. Waiting on God. I'm waiting on a move. You need to bust a move. Do something. God bless what you do. He don't bless what you say. He bless what you do. He was with them when they went out. Now, the last part of this. And confirming the word. Confirming the word. Everything that was happening in their life, in their destiny, in their gifting, it lined up with the, because he confirmed his word. And so he sends you out and then he goes with you. And here's where we miss it. We think that our esteem, our life is tied up with people speaking words over us to make us feel like we're somebody. You see, he says that he confirms his word and not the people. He didn't confirm the disciples. He confirmed his word because people are fickle and they have the ability to go back. And so he will never confirm you. And that's why God never anoints flesh. And when they poured the oil, they poured it upon the head. And they had on a headgear at the time. They didn't pour it on the flesh because flesh is fickle and it is temporal. He anoints the garment. And that's why the priest had to change the garment when he went in. The garment had the anointing. It wasn't the flesh. The flesh shall go back to dust. And God will never come and confirm your flesh. And so you don't need identity coming from the mouth of people as you go into your destiny. They are fickle. He only confirms the Word. You just do what the Word say. And God will confirm the Word. And you will see the signs that follow. And they will believe the signs. They will believe the miracles. They will believe the vision as it unfolds because the Word is true and it won't fall to the ground. God will confirm His Word. But He cannot confirm the Word. You cannot see the power of God until you get up and do something. Do something. Make up your mind that I'm going to do something in the kingdom and whatever God shows me, I'm going to stick to it. I'm not going to let anybody talk me out of my destiny because the blessings and the anointing comes as I go. They come as I go. That's why I tell you, it don't matter what lack you have in your life. 
Don't sit down. Get up and get in action. Do something. Do something. If you're sending out resumes, do something. Get up and go out and knock on some doors. Don't just send them out. I don't care what protocol is. People sending things out electronically over the Internet and mailing stuff and waiting. Forget about protocol. That's the way of the world. Get up and put some energy under your feet. You go show up and say, yeah, I sent you one. I came to make sure you have it and know who I am. God blesses energy. He blesses what you do. He goes with you. If you're sitting at home, he'll sit there with you. And yet you at home praying, telling him to go over here and do something for you. He's sitting there with you. You know why? Because he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So if you're going to sit on the stool or do nothing, I'll sit here right beside you. If I want something to happen over there, I need to go over there because I'm carrying him with me. He blesses what I do. My God. There are some places that need your presence. You got to take him with you. You wonder why so much negativity is happening over there? There's no God over there. Nobody has God over there. You just call on the phone, blessing everybody out, go over there. Take some God over there. Maybe the situation will change. Put some God in the place. You can't send him. Hallelujah. He said, I'm with you. He's with you. It's your time now. You've got to stick to it. But you've got to get moving. I can't say it enough. Get moving. Understand what your vision is. Understand what your mission is what your purpose is, and get moving. Then you activate the God element. The God element. You're not going to have everything starting out. Some of y'all are trying to wait till a perfect situation, till you get everything lined up. No, only grace you need is starting grace. Just get enough to get started and have faith and believe in God and know that God will add on to you as you go. You're not going to have everything that's necessary for the journey. But you're stepping out in faith, calling those things that be not as though they were. It is a substance. Faith is a tangible substance that you cannot see. It's tangible. Believe in God. Trust in Him. And stick to it. And you're going to eat the good of the land. It is your time. It is your season to come into your gifting, to come into your purpose. God is blowing some things out of your life. He is shaking some things out of your life. He is burning some things up that you could not deal with because he is showing you that he is greater than what you've ever experienced before. He's greater. And as you go up in life and move through the turbulence, you will see him in another dimension. You'll wake up one day and say, my God is an awesome God. My God is an awesome God. God is not mad at you today. He loves you. He loves you. And as we conclude this Stick to It series, you're going to see the doors for the next coming clear. Because he wanted to make sure you weren't going to quit this time. He wanted to make sure you weren't going to quit. He's going to make sure you stick to it. And so you get up now and you move without doubting, without wavering, believing God with all of your heart that when you go, just like the 11, he's going to go working with you. He's going, working with 
you. This ends message number 3306 by Frank Salters. To send this message, stick to it part 4, number 3306. To a friend, simply go to airjesus.com and theonlineword.com. This has been message number 3306. Listen to airjesus.com and theonlineword.com often and keep your spirit charged up.